This is Straight Ahead with the 606 Club of London and David Lewis. Summer may be stumbling along, but at least here on Straight Ahead, you can rely on us bringing you two hours of great music every week. Many thanks indeed for joining me on the show, brought to you as ever, along with London's leading music venue, the 606 Club of Chelsea. Our opening track this week was from our Italian-born jazz vocalist, Francesca Confortini. She's with us this coming Sunday. Sunday lunchtime is actually her gig. And uh, she is also performing with 
Gypsy Jazz Act, Trio Manouche, who are with us at the club this coming week, and uh, I'll be playing something from them a little bit later on. Our guest on the show this week is saxman Brandon Allen. Coming back to the show, we had one first of all uh, around about a year and a half, maybe even two years ago, and he is in interview this week with us, and that'll be with you in around about half an hour's time, the first part of it at least. During the interview, I mentioned to him about a band I'm really keen on, Karate Boogaloo. Here's their version of the uh, Willie Hutch number, Brother's Gonna Work It Out.
There's a little bit of a cinematic theme to the show this week, actually. Uh, Brandon mentions it during the interview, and we're going to be hearing from Carl Eastwood. His latest album is called Cinematic, and we had Carl as a guest on the show. If you didn't hear that interview, it's back in around about January time, and you can find it over on Mixcloud to listen to all over again. And apart from Carl, we're going to be hearing from Vilma Barn, who was kind enough to send me through her excellent new album this week. Basila Sinopolis, we haven't played anything from Vaz in a very long time, and Ben Wilcock too. That's all to come on this week's Straight Ahead. Last week, Neil Angilly was kind enough to send me through his brand new album, Yambu. He's going to be down at the club with us on Thursday, the 15th of July, and the gig will feature Snowboy. They're going to be debuting the album down there. Here's another track from it, and it's called Footprints.
And uh, Neil Angilly is going to be down at the club doing an album launch of Yambu on Thursday, the 15th of July. All the gig details are over on the website, 606club.co.uk. And I mentioned we were going to be playing something from Vasilis Sinopolis. Uh, we're going to play a track from his 2019 release, Dexterity, and this is his take on Montmartre.
Simon Harris's trio Minouche are with us at the club, or back with us at the club, this coming Thursday, later today, in fact, Thursday the 8th of July. And uh, they're a world-class gypsy jazz ensemble. And during their sets, you can hear them play homage to some of the greats, such as Nat King Cole and Django Reinhardt. And here they are with a track from their four-track EP, and it's a title track called Fall in Love with Swing. leading jazz pianist and composers Greg Folk released an album last year Symphony Pacifique we played a few tracks from it upon its release date in July of last year released on Strut Records but we never ever got around to playing this great groover I don't know why let's put that right now Greg Folk with Nicky Naki Noo Thank you. 
On last week, straight ahead with Joe, we started playing tracks in the brand new album from Vilma Barn. Vilma was with us at the club a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it's an exquisite album that uh, is full of tracks that are close to her heart. It was arranged and produced by Graham Harvey and features his band on there. You've got Dave Chamberlain on the bass and guitar, Josh Morrison on drums, Chris Traves is on trombone, and the percussion comes from none other than Claire Martin. So what I thought we'd do is play another track from the album. It's beautiful. Go and check it out. It's available on all normal platforms and as a physical as well, direct from Vilma. And let's listen to the title track, So Nice. to hold me tight that would be very nice someone to love me right that would be very nice someone to understand each little dream in me someone to take my hand and be a team with me so nice life would be so nice if one day I'd find someone who would take my hand and summer through life with me Someone to cling to me, stay with me right or wrong Someone to sing to me, some little samba song Someone to take my heart and give his heart to me Someone who's ready to give love a start with me Oh yes, that would be so nice, nice Should it be you and me, I could see that would be to hold me tight that would be very nice someone to love me right that would be very nice someone to understand each little dream in me someone to take my hand and be a team with me so nice life would be so nice if one day i'd find someone who 
take my hand and summer through life with me Someone to cling to me, stay with me right or wrong Someone to sing to me, some little summer song Someone to take my heart and give his heart to me Someone who's ready to give love and start with me Oh yes, that would be so nice, so nice Should it be you and me, I could see that would be nice Should it be you and me, I could see that would be nice Should it be you and me, I could see that would be Okay, it's that time of the show that we welcome back our guest of the week, sax man, Brandon Allen. I say we had him on, I think it's probably actually two years ago. <laughs> He's had another kid since we uh, last spoke for sure. So during the interview, we're talking about how he got through last year with lockdown, the uh, idea of picking up the clarinet and uh, what he's like on a little bit of flute as well. Let's start off the interview with one of Brandon's tracks, Limehouse Blues. You're listening to me, David Lewis, and this is Straight Ahead brought to you every week along with the 606 Club of London. If you want to know what's happening at the 6, check out the website at 606club.co.uk.
Brandon, you're back. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm well, I'm well, all considering. Uh, just before we start recording, you said it's been a bit of an 18 months. I think it was about that or even longer ago that we last chatted. But uh, yeah, it's been a bit well, of a time for a you guys, back, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it, it's kind of uh, been a surreal uh, 18 months, basically. But um, it's been it's been really good in some ways and really crappy in other ways. Mm. So, I mean, uh, it's getting to the point now where we can see there's a future ahead. But if we just briefly, without trying to make people suicidal, sort of go back to those dark and dim days, I assume sure. last year was as empty for you as for anybody else. You had gigs galore lined up in March and it was just strike, strike, strike. Oh, I mean, literally yeah, everything was wiped out, everything. Um, so it was like, well, okay. And then and they the, the hits kept on coming. <laughs> how did it, 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 if we sort of get to nuts and bolts, how did it actually feel? Like, you know, when you're laying in bed at night, you know those small hours when things come on your mind. Yeah. Did you see a way out of it at that point? Did you kind of know what the future might be or did you see have a plan of what you think you're going to do? Well, I sort of made the, I, I made a list um, of, of things that I think I should start doing and taking care of so i sort of the first thing i did was obviously just thinking about sort of making some money really but mm. um like ma making sure that all of the tunes that i've played on or have written was registered with uh ppl prs that, that kind of thing um and and um and there was another thing that i kind of went there like sort of registering live performances uh with prs you know that was good you know i mean i went i went back five years <laughs> and presumably that's the kind of stuff the, the boring side of the business that you didn't really oh, have time for beforehand oh, annoying. yeah oh, annoying. yeah no exactly so it's like you literally just sort of um it's like donkey work really you know um and so i did quite a lot of that early on and then and then i sort of started getting into like the music technology side of it and i, I mean i just had like I had this program called Ignite, which it sort of came as a download with the key, the first MIDI keyboard I got. And, and it was cool. It was just like a beginning way of sort of putting sounds together and, and doing whatever. And so it's and kind I, of like a MIDI system, that, that kind of idea. Yeah, it's like a really simple, uh, like door, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Very, like, like a door for idiots. And, and that was perfect for me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that was great. And then I, I kind of graduated to Garage Band. I, and I, and I basically did quite a lot on Garage Band, like maybe like a, a year solid of, of, of like recording and mixing and, and, and making little tracks and making backing tracks and, and all sorts of stuff like that and then kind of it yeah i mean you know it kind of went through and then i got into logic and then it, and about sort of three weeks ago i just got to the point where i just couldn't look at <laughs> you had to take again, a step away so again yeah at least i i i, I well, it was just sort of uploaded like i'm just basically being a live player really and, and, and writing tunes on the piano mainly mm. um to just basically living the computer um, a year and um, and learning you know learning how to do reverb or do automation or do do you know trying to make strings sound good or um, uh, you know uh, change the pitch of a sample or of a loop or something. You know, I mean, See, sadly, I, lo I love audio. Sadly, <laughs> that's my big geek out. Like after I call these interviews, trying yeah, to make them yeah. sound good and EQ them and tweak them, and that's my bag. But I'm a very sad individual. I don't perform like you. I sit in four square walls and talk to myself. So it's a very, <laughs> very different kettle of fish. Uh, well, I've been talking to myself. I've been talking a lot to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, also education was a big part. I remember being our first interview. You, you do a lot of education. So I'm guessing you had a lot of students that were kind of, again, railroaded. They were halfway through getting ready for some kind of grades or exams, and you had to take all of that online as well. 
Well, I mean, to be, to be honest with you, I mean, I really could have actually have done with a lot of teaching work, <laughs> but I haven't done, I actually haven't done that much. I mean, I've had some online students in like, um, casual thing. And I have, um, a student at the Guildhall that, um, we keep meaning to, to catch up, but we weren't able to do it. Um, and, um, but yeah, really, I've just been focused on the other stuff and, and, and teaching myself, really. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's been funny. Your online presence has been a big transformation. You're one, you know, there's, there's guys that did take to that and guys that didn't. And you're one of the ones that has made a big decision to get a good online presence with regular streams and almost tutorials, like watching you in practice and things like that. So that was obviously another conscious decision that you made to keep some sort of presence. Yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of uh, it morphed. I mean, because I sort of set up a Patreon page and I was going to kind of do that sort of stuff. And then and then I sort of got fed up with that because, because it's, it's sort of a lot of hard work and, 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 and I had a lot of other stuff I was trying to do and, and I was kind of new to all of it. So it's taking so much, it's just sort of taking so much time and energy. So, but what I did do is I think that my, my efforts, what I did, like if I did the streams or, and I, I wrote like some, um, little, uh, cinematic kind of, um, pieces to, to like little video footage I take in and stuff. And, and, and that took me into another realm. And then basically I, I kind of finished my streams. I did, I did about 18, like every week. I, I missed a couple of weeks, but I just decided at the beginning of this year, uh, from January, I do a live stream every Sunday at four, four o'clock. And, yep. just, and, and, and just, and just force myself to do it. And, and, you know, like there was like some total disasters, but I mean, there were some nice things and, 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 and I put a lot of effort into it. And uh, in the end, I'd sort of thought, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of work for, you know, a little return. Reward, really. yeah. Um, and, and I, and, and I'm not even talking fi- um, financially, really. It, I mean, I think that that was the whole thing is that you, you, you you're going to put a stream and you sort of do the donation system, whatever. And I thought, well, give, you know, put it in their court or whatever. And I, mm. I know some venues and, and including the 606 <laughs> would, uh, uh, you know, um, would disagree with me. And I disagree with me too, but I think I was just trying it and, participating in what was going on as it was happening. And, and, you know, you sort of get the subtleties as you go along to go like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. And, oh, sure, I didn't even realise that, um, you know. So, so, but it's a learning, it's, it was like a total hey, learning. Hey, last year we all learned an awful lot and we had to on the fly. You know, it, it's, the, it's the nature of that particular beast that was, wasn't it? We were suddenly faced with a set of circumstances we never anticipated having and we all had to find a way just to get through. And I think yeah. the thing I find tough to put myself in your shoes and, and, and guys, you know, musicians, you're used to being on stage. I'm not saying this in an egotistical way at all, but it's part of your DNA that you get up, perform. You're used to that vibe. You're used to that. It's like the fight that can't get in the ring. That yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing. You must have had a dip just through the lack of vibe of being in a club. Oh, many, many mm. evenings, many evenings and, 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 and frustration. And, and, um, uh, so I think in a way, I mean, cause music for me is almost like my therapy. Um, mm. It is my therapy. Um, and, uh, it's probably becoming more public, <laughs> but, 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 you know, like, um, the, the important thing for me was that I continued to play and to do something. And so for me, the live streams, even though it, it was me sometimes with the computer on top of my son's, um, uh, my, you know, my two-year-old's, um, seat where high chair, you know, uh, which has got lots of colorful things on it and I'm balancing it with some books on top of that. And then there's, <laughs> what and they then don't there's, see. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 and it's producing a, you know, very crappy kind of like result. But, um, but you know, I mean, um, me forcing myself into that thing to, to do that 
gave me a little bit of that hit that I would get from a live show and and I was dealing with a lot of other things. So I think it kind of, that for me was good because it was a way of sort of keeping myself playing, keeping my nerve and, and, and keeping my nerve while I was trying to do new things. And and failing at them dismally, but but I'm but the next time I get it slightly better. Because didn't you? Um, I, I, I'm sure I remember one of your posts. You picked up a brand new instrument as well during lockdown, didn't you? Well, I started playing the clarinet like properly. Yeah, that's right. Because you hadn't done it for years, had you? I didn't really ever play. I mean, I, I was teaching a kid like when I was in Australia, and I'm not kidding you. I was literally one note ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> so is it as hard as they all say? Because apparently, I mean, they, they say it's a tough old thing to get on top of. I think it's, I think music is hard. I think music is hard. And, 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 and I think if you just take your time with it, which, which I think that's the one thing that has been good lockdown for me is I've sort of tried to slow down the process a bit and, and, and slowing it down and not worrying about how quickly you're going to get there with it is the is the way to absorb the music and the, mm. as, you know and to sort of pick up the nuances of it and um uh but yeah it's frustrating and it is hard yes <laughs> do you play flute <laughs> yeah i play flute i play flute on a good day i play it pretty good and on a bad day i play very badly <laughs> <laughs> so you're pretty much across all, i've often wondered just on the, the, the size of the mouthpieces because i've seen everything from a baritone down to mm-hmm. a, a clarinet and, and a soprano and does it not feel like ridiculously small having something like clarinet or soprano mouthpiece rather than a tenor or baritone? I think the one thing I did during lockdown was I, I, I decided that I was going to get the soprano, the alto and the tenor saxophone going, like all, all three going together. Um, and then I, was, I, was, I had a couple of things where I had to do flute and then um, I decided I was going to, we were in Italy, we managed to get out to Italy and I, and I literally played the clarinet every day for like two hours in the stinking sun outside sitting on my bottom um, <laughs> and with a book with it with a couple of books or whatever and it was great and and um and then so um i don't know what the point i was trying to make now i just refresh my memory just what, going across all the horns wasn't it you just decided to pick up the, the, oh, yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah, and, so, and so talking about the different size mouthpieces and stuff so so the soprano has got a bit, and the clarinet's kind of a he's a bit more like a it's sort of almost in between an alto and a tenor in the width. But um, if you go soprano, that's quite um, narrow. And then alto is a bit, and then tenor's kind of whatever. So I devised this thing. I thought, well, there's this uh, fantastic um, saxophone technique book, which I've been looking at as well, uh, which I always kind of put on. Um, and it's by a guy, a French guy called Sigurd Rascher. And, and it's called uh, Top Tones for Saxophone. And it's a fantastic book. It's, it's impossible. But I mean, if you listen to any of those kind of players like, Joe Henderson, Coltrane, um, Sonny Rollins, um, uh, uh, Roland Kirk, um, Lee Kronitz. I mean, it's, it's all that stuff. That, the, the stuff that um, it, it's all about coming from the fundamental and the overtone series, and 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 the saxophone part of it is obviously about making notes. So you play like a low B flat, and then you pitch like a trumpet, you know, you pitch up all through the natural range of the, the, the harmonic series. You mm-hmm. know? And as you go through the book, it gets worse and worse, you know? <laughs> and so what I decided to do was go, well, I'm going to do that, um, like a, 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 maybe two or three pages of that book. I'll, I'll start on the soprano. So I start on the lowest and then go to the alto and by I get to, time I get to the tenor because the tenor has got a, a massive range you can kind of do the low notes, but you're getting the really highest notes, so you're well above. And I thought, this is an amazing idea. I've, I've just totally nailed it, you know. 
And I did one day of it and I couldn't feel my face for a week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, this seems ridiculous saying this to you, but I, I, when my daughter started to play the sax, and this is going back 12 years ago, I decided to start sax at the same time. I thought, yep, I bought a Grover Washington sheet book of music and I was going to play Mr. Magic. That was my goal. I yeah. managed about two weeks and I, my mouth was hanging. It is tough. I don't know how you get through gigs, man. It is tough. Well, you just got to build up. You, you just build up the um, stamina. You know, you build up the stamina. I mean, for me, the practice is always the hard part. That is, that is the. That's where you suffer. You know. So presumably, the way you're talking, actually, you sound quite energised. That through it all, it was kind of well, not a good time, but a productive time. Insofar as you got back to basics, you made time for practice, got on top of some things that you weren't paying attention to. Absolutely. So you come Absolutely. out of it a better player, and a, you know, a fuller player as well. I think I, th- I think I think over the next year, I think I'll sort of reap the benefits of of, of my sort of work. And um, at the moment, it, it it all feels a bit sort of um, you know convoluted or whatever. But 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 I think there's been some good things that have happened out of it. And you know, it's going to be fun just to to play and actually continue to do that while I'm actually playing. Because because when you're like you're on the road and and you're doing gigs and you're practicing, you really improve. You mm-hmm. know. But but there is a certain limitation to just playing at home. It's like the old sort of bedroom guitarist syndrome, you know. Yeah, you can't make every day's practice meaningful, can you? Not necessarily, but, you know. You know, you yeah. read these stories of Coltrane practicing for 8, 10, 12 hours a day, and you think, was that really? I mean, was it all productive, you know, proper practice? I don't know if it's short and hard or – I don't know if you can do long and productive practice. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think with someone like Coltrane, he was just obviously just a, like a – it was just a beast, you know. Like, I mean, I don't, I, I just don't even know how you would do it for that long in the day, you know. Um, I mean, he used to fall asleep with it in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more like eighteen hours a day. It was, it was, it, it was crazy. Yeah. So but before, anyway, before we get on to how things are beginning to shape up now, um, just talking about the practicalities of, of at home. Did did you, you obviously you got family back still in Australia? How were things out? Were you able to stay in touch? I mean, obviously, video calls help an awful lot. But was it anxious for you not being able to see them and wondering how things were out there? Absolutely, and um, and it's kind of been a you know a very much a confusing time, but also a, a lovely time in the fact. I mean, my parents have been so supportive, um, and and uh, I've been in regular touch with all the rest of my family, and they, they check in on us, and and um, my sons, uh, uh, they you know because of this video thing. I mean, you know, everyone can see everyone all the time. So I mean, I'll be dropping my son off at school. And then on the way back, I call my mom, and then you know I'm chatting to everybody, and and then I get on with my day. So it's so easy now. Because you got two two boys now, haven't you? Two boys, yeah, two and seven they are. Because yeah. I think last time we spoke, I think yeah, you were just about to have the second one. So there you go. It must be about two years ago. And again, that's been a blessing. You've got to spend time with the family. Yeah, I mean, I've spent so much time with uh, my kids, and um, especially my youngest one. Because when um, my, my oldest, I was away quite a lot when mm. he was young. Um, I mean, I'd still be back, but like, but I've literally been around both. So, so yeah, it's been really good. That that's that's something that's it was frustrating at times because you know you you're stuck in the house and you're trying to get stuff done, and there's kids around, especially when they weren't at school and all that. I mean, it was very frustrating. Um, but we we sort of go into the next bit of the of, of this whole caper, and now it's kind of smooth, sort of leveling out a bit. I think you know. Because uh, you and Vaz are just about keeping pace, aren't you? Both two apiece now on the kid front. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> I haven't played right, him yeah. in an awful long time either, but I know he's just oh, had another kid. 
Yeah, He's I need great, to catch yeah. up with him. So again, before we get on to your gigs per se, on the day of you and me sitting down recording this, this very night, my interview with Omar is going out. And of course, you've been doing gigs with Quentin and Omar, haven't you, recently? Yeah, we did. Well, we did a, um, a, a two shows at the Jazz Cafe and we made a live album, hopefully. That's right. He was saying it's recorded and yeah, he hoped we just leave it. I mean, that must be a cool kind of a sound. Because he was saying, basically, I asked him what flavour the gigs were. And he said, well, basically, they're jazz cats. So they took my numbers and put a jazz slant on them. Yeah, we just sort of like where there was like a, a, a minor group, we put like a little chord change in or something. And um, and actually before this, the, the Jazz Cafe shows, uh, Quentin and I um, met a few times and we just sort of got some new little uh, new little riffs together and little harm- spelling out the harmonies and making use of um, changes of instruments and things like that. So, so I mean, it's something that I think the plan is is to, to release this album and then book a tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the UK and maybe some European dates as well, and and then play the music and let it kind of develop, you know. Um, but it was, you know, you know, sort of flying by the seat of your pants kind of stuff. But um, I mean, it, he sounded like he loved it. And again, I think no, we had a good time. Everybody, because Ross was on it as well, wasn't he? He was on the Hammonds. Oh yeah, Ross was uh, beastly on it. Yeah, yeah. And James was the drummer, right? James sounded brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, and, it sounds and, a really interesting lineup, and to get that flight, I love it when sounds come together. You know, it's just it works. It, it definitely works, and 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 um and because we've done it, we, we did it for, uh, quite a few times over the years, but it's been over like a maybe like a te- over ten year period. You know, um, so so it's kind of like we had these sort of tunes that we did, and we sort of added some new ones, and we just thought we, we need to kind of give them all like a facelift because well, it's like ten years old and. They didn't sound like they did 10 years ago to us, you know, or to anyone else for that matter. So, uh...
off the first part of our interview with Brandon with a track from the album QCBA. Of course, he records an awful lot of work with Quentin Collins, who he had on the show just a few weeks ago. And the track we listened to was Beauty in Quiet Places. Next on the show this week is somebody that you can see at the club this coming Friday, Gina Foster, well known as being one of the most soulful session musicians around. And she's up next on this week's Straight Ahead. Listen online on DAB and on smart speakers straight ahead with London's leading music venue the 606 Club
Molina is possibly best known for her work with the iconic group Swing Out Sister. And in fact, we're going to uh, play out on the show this week was a beautiful track from Swing Out Sister, something I really, really love. But she's also worked with the likes of Eric Clapton and Sinead O'Connor. We just listened to a single of hers, What's Happening Next. And as I mentioned, she's down with us at the club this coming Friday from nine o'clock. Go over to 606club.co.uk for more details. Back to Brand Now and the interview. And we've got a couple of tracks around this part of the interview from the album BATL, which is the uh, album that he released along with pianist Tim Lapthorne. We're going to start off with Lazy Day. Thank you. 
And again, joining all the dots of this ever so small world in which we live in, um, I had Carl Eastwood on the show at the beginning of the year. And of course, oh, you're about to start touring with him again, are you? Yes, yeah, we are. I mean, miraculously. I can't believe it. Because I know, I, know. I, be- I believe it when I'm on the, the Eurostar. Because I'm guessing you and Quentin are on the same gigs. I know Quentin was saying he's suddenly got all these European tours with, with, with Carl. So I'm guessing you're on that same, that same bus, are you? Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So you're away for most of the summer, aren't you? Assuming it does happen, you're away for most of the summer. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, it, I mean, the whole thing, um, scheduling-wise, has, has been a nightmare for the, the powers that be. But um, miraculously, we're, we've sort of, we're limping our way towards um, getting on the wherever we're going and, and, and doing some shows. So I can't, believe, I can't believe it. I mean, it's going to be beautiful. I mean, everyone's going to be well, know, It's kind of one extreme to the other, isn't it? Sitting at home doing nothing, suddenly three, four months virtually away solid on because it's festivals oh, and live crowds. Oh, nice, and, one, nice one, nice ones, yeah, 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 nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, on to your frontline gigs then. Now, you said that it looks pretty promising at the moment. That uh, I, I know you sort of at the end of last year, promoters began to get in touch, and of course, everything got striked again. But at the moment, it seems that from what I can see between the lines, most musicians that are putting up posts are looking pretty confident that things are beginning to get back to some sort of regular normality. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, I mean, in terms of um, you know gauging what's going, on, I mean, social media now is is such a. I mean, I'm 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 very naughty because I just basically sort of have a look, <laughs> see 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 people, gig posts, and then I then I'm like, okay, cool, I'll give them an email. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we will and, do it. <laughs> um, and um and, and so but but there's more. I've been sending more emails, so 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 that must mean that there's more um, that I perceive to be on offer so um so yeah and 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 i think um some venues some responses i've had so far um have been like well yes we're doing this but we're kind of in between venue and we we're we're, you know we're going to get things solidified once we do that um so the thing that i've learned although i wasn't too rushy before but i've just learned to be even more relaxed about when you're trying to um hustle work just make not be too stressful you know um because if you're, I've been a promoter, you know, and, and, uh, of course, yeah, the festivals. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I sort of know what that's like. And, and, and you don't want to be feeling stressed when you're dealing with other stresses, you know, brings it all back. Now, when you're organizing your festivals and stuff, you said, Steve used to lend you, um, amps and all sorts, didn't you? And Oh, did. Yeah. So I remember all those stories that we talked about now comes flooding back to me. Oh yeah. He lent me amps and mics and, and, uh, you know, gave me some, some, yeah, great, um, support, you know, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm forever, well, I'm always thrilled to be coming back to play the 606 because, um, you know, we, this gig was supposed to be a sextet, but because of the, um, the sort of delay, the delay in uh, reopening, we, we've, we've brought it down to a quartet, but it's, um, it's going to be, it's going to be great anyway. But, um, I, I do have a soft spot for the sextet. That so I, you're, you're back so. with us on the 10th, aren't you? Saturday the 10th of July is your next yeah. gig down at the club. And I believe the first set's going to be live streamed. So. That's a, a point in question. I'm assuming live streaming has become a part and parcel of a performer's DNA at the moment, uh, and you've had to do a couple. Yeah, I mean, I've done. Yeah, I've done. I've done some at the six. I've done some at Ronnie's, and um, I did, I've done um, did a couple of things. I did a um, I've done a couple of Zoom sort of educational things. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is. I mean, I, I don't know if I really like it. You know, mm. like uh, it's it, it sort of. I think it was. I think it's something that's good, but I think I think 
the, the thing that's bothering me is is because people are on their phones all the time it just becomes a sort of a it, it all just becomes too overwhelming and and i think sometimes like going out for for an evening and seeing one thing going to a gig and rather than watching your phone and seeing 10 minutes of that and two minutes of that and and eight minutes of that and and you know and liking and and and, and all this you know it's exhausting and, mm-hmm. and 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 actually the fun part about playing is being in that room and feeling the energy like the, the the palpable energy from the crowd as you're playing and feeling the excitement uh, amongst the musicians that you're playing with and then endeavoring to try and do something that is new uh, to you like in, in some way and 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 to hopefully complement the people that you're playing with well i was talking to another musician yesterday actually a guitarist and, and he was talking we were talking about improvisation and he was saying how it very much feeds off that crowd on that night, what your improv is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you can be doing that same chart, that same set, night, two, three nights running. But if you've got a different crowd and ones that are really responsive and picking up on every nuance and you feel they're loving the music, obviously, I guess your improvs just go to a whole new level, don't they? We just sort of want to play for them. You know, you, 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 you don't want to disappoint them because you, you want to sort of reward them for their um, involvement, you know. Um, and, and that's what we try to do. But, um, and, and the other good thing is, is actually, uh, is sound. You know, when you, when, when you, you hear that the, even in like a pub, if the, the, the acoustics in there are good. Mm-hmm. And for me as a saxophone player, if I hear the note like sort of ring a bit, it gets me excited, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what's, what's the sound like for you guys on stage? I've never asked that question. What do you, how accurate is what you're hearing back? Because obviously you're behind the PA, you're behind your horn. We're the ones receiving it. How how good uh, sound do you get uh, on stage? Uh, well, you'd probably get more of a wet sound um, than than we would be getting. But but I mean that that's kind of nice in a way. I mean that I mean that, then we're getting into like fallback sound and getting a good fallback sound. And I mean let's not even go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. It sounds my I'm, sort of thing. <laughs> I, mean, I mean I mean I have to, I have to say that when we we do gigs with Kyle because I do like um I do sort of a number of tunes on soprano that are more cinematic and more yes. you know they have to be a bit more kind of smooth or dramatic or whatever so i i def- definitely get a different setting on my soprano um mic um and uh it's a lot more heavy with the reverb i mean it's not it's never like loads but it's definitely a lot wetter and then the tenor is um has to be a certain way for me to to play that gig because if, if you're playing a certain type of music where you need well, I mean, if I played with the Yellow Jackets, I wouldn't want to have like a sort of a, a dry, woody sound, you know? Yeah, 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 it's, absolutely. It's, it's, got, it's got to be able to sort of like hang there in the, the digital hemispheres there, you know, stratospheres. And just going back to those dark days of being locked at home, what was practising like for you? I know you said you practised a lot, but being a sax player isn't a particularly house-friendly instrument, is it? Yeah, I have to say I've been so lucky uh, with, with my neighbours because um, they're, they're so tolerant. You know, and, 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 but, you know, during the whole lockdown thing when everyone was sort of clapping for the NHS, which I think is, you know, it's great, but, you know, um, I think the other people should be clapping for the NHS or just giving them some money. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, but during that, when everybody was, was, was out and they were doing it on my street, my street's lovely. And, um, and, you know, as you pass your neighbours, you know, throughout the day, you say hello and, and have a chat and, and, and it's cool. So we, so that's one thing that we've really enjoyed about the last 18 months. We've actually really um, 
start, we sort of fall in love with our street because just because of the people in it, you know, at Christmas time, the guy um, across the road came and brought me like just like a massive box full of gifts, you know, like it was unbelievable. And, and we crashed into his car. <laughs> still he gave you gifts. <laughs> and he still gave us gifts. See, humanity, while, while, what a great while, thing. While the insurance claim was going through, it was hilarious. <laughs> they probably never saw you before thinking about it. You know, you're creeping home at three or four in the morning <laughs> and asleep no. during the day. So well, 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 they, like... they only really know me during the day. You know, like... <laughs> so you've got this gig coming up at the club. What have you got in store for us? What, what's it likely to be? Who's the lineup? What's on, who's on stand with you? And the lineup at the moment, um, as far as I know, is Ross Stanley uh, on the piano, who you know, mm-hmm. um, and Sam Burgess on the bass, mm-hmm. and Chris Higginbottom on the drums. Right, yep. Never seen him play, actually. Seen his name around a lot. Never seen Chris play. Yeah, he's fantastic. And um, yeah, so we'll see. There's a, like maybe like a there's a slight doubt on that, but um, but it, sh- it should be. Um, and um, and basically, um, we're going to be doing some. Uh, arrangements that I wrote during lockdown that I was doing on some of my live streams, um, some more uh, contemporary uh, kind of tunes, original tunes that haven't been played. They've only been because I just made uh, sort of backing tracks essentially for myself to play them. So I have to transcribe all of those and then give them to them or we'll play them live. So this is almost going to be like the first airing of some of these charts. Then, hundred percent. It's an exclusive. So we like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so you can do that, and, then, and you know, there's been like some uh, some different standards and stuff that I've enjoyed playing. So I'm going to play a few standards, and um, you know, a couple of groovers maybe. But yeah, it'll be like a nice mixed bag. I've seen you play some groovers online, actually. You 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 got some chops for those. I like the sound of it. I do love a groove. You see, it's just the sax is such a great instrument. It's just getting a little bit dirty, isn't it? It's just a lovely sounding horn. Actually, there's one. There's one that I'll do it to. It's a, like an Eddie Harris. It's a tribute to Eddie Harris. Which um, yeah, we'll do that one. I'm trying to think. I can't remember what that's called. It's called. Uh, it, it's like a play on words from Cold Duck Time. It's like uh, who uh, who choked the turkey or something. <laughs> <laughs> so and and then generally gigs pass there and into the autumn. Are we getting anything towards Christmas yet? Is it beginning of the diary looking any fuller? Yeah, I mean, well. Kyle, because all of Kyle's gigs were, were, were pushed back like by at least 12 months. I mean, it's all kind of spilling over into 2022. So, so it's, you know, things are actually looking down the road um, pretty good. Um, on, certainly in Kyle's band, it's like it's fantastic, you know. Um, uh, but just, you know, just got to get through it and just hopefully that the ease of actually doing it isn't going to be too difficult for and, and you know unsustainable for, for whoever has to pick up the slack what's know? the uh, situation now uh, are you restricted at all as to how many guys you can have on stage i'm not i've completely lost as to no 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 not well well not not in a concert situation no um uh but you know but i i, I think I think now it's just a sort of a, a question of finances and actually people be able to do it, you know, and, and so everything's sort of been stripped back a little bit and, you know, like the little duos. I mean, I was going to get this little thing together where, because I've been writing all these like little um, funky tracks and dance stuff as I was learning um, my way through. And um, so I've got quite, quite a lot of stuff and I could do like a little jazz set as well. I was thinking I was get like a little solo gig with my tracks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just you in a box behind you. <laughs> yeah, just do it, you know, like, but just very casually, you know. And I thought, like, yeah, this is this is what lockdown does to people, you know. I was thinking, you know, maybe three months ago, yeah, I'm going to go in the hustle. I'm going to get a load of these gigs, but of course, I haven't, you know. 
but uh but you know that seemed like a good idea at the time you know and do you, do you listen to music much of just course, for yourself yeah. just i didn't know what it was like i didn't know if you got to the end of the day and thought no nah, my, my ears have had enough i just need to switch oh, off but you still do listen to music just as a somebody that enjoys music oh absolutely yeah no i mean every night every night on a balcony you know for for uh last 18 months does it go know. across genre it's not necessarily jazz every night but- all sorts all, no 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 like funk um, you know cinematic stuff I was like going through a big phase of listening to sort of movie soundtracks and uh, different things like that and um, uh, got into some Brazilian and some Cuban stuff and Actually, you know. I must remember I, don't, I think they are from Australia and I'm sure the band's name is Boogaloo Karate I've played a couple of tracks there recently and they've done really funky takes on cinematic scores like some of the black exploitation yeah. movies and some of the Rocky thing. I'll, I'll try and dig something out. I'll, I'll try and remember tomorrow and, and try and, but it's, it's a really, when you said about the cinematic sound, it's, a, it's just where they've taken yeah. something and made it different, you know? And again, I guess that's Fantastic. what you creators do. You know, you, you're sitting there and you, you've got it all in here. You just weren't able to express it, were you? I think the hard thing is, 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 is when you just, is actually deciding on something that you've created to, to, to sign off on it and just actually get, bring it into being, you know? That, 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 that's the hard part, you know, like, cause you can fiddle around with this stuff and, and you can go, Oh, I'm going to do this and I can, and this could be that. But it's like, you have to kind of make it tangible. But the thing is, cause there's been, there hasn't been gigs. Nothing has really been able to be tangible in terms of like getting it played by humans in the right way. So, so it's kind of like, I think we're all sort of suffering trauma because of this thing. And we're sort of coming out of it, literally coming out of it and finding our way back. I mean, that's how it, that's how it feels. And quite a lot of people I've spoken to, that's how they feel too. Do it, you, it's, uh, yeah. Before I let you get on with your, your evening, do you, with such a long layoff, is there any kind of uh, trepidation? Is there any kind of anxiety about getting back to performing? Because it's been so, it's been a part of your life for you know X amount of years, but equally it came to an abrupt stop for 18 months. And performance anxiety can be a serious issue for people, I know. And is it something, or is it you're just too seasoned now? You just can't wait to get back on the stage. Um, I don't think I get performance anxiety, but I think I get I get anxious about the travel because because that's something you haven't been doing, and 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 um, and I think the fun I think the funness of the performance thing for me, uh, you know, I know I get nervous when I've got something I I can't I don't want to mess up. Um, but I sort of deal with that in my own way. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, um, but yeah, but I think just like, because when I went out and did a few gigs, like uh, over the last sort of month or so, um, getting on the tube or getting on a train and feeling anxious because the train's late or, or something, you know, that I don't miss that feeling at all. I don't miss it. And I did that, like, you know, I didn't drive for 20 years. So like I, I literally did every cab, you know, local minicab, um, bus, train, tram, I mean, everything, you know, running. <laughs> uh, and, and I didn't miss that either. But, but, um, but I think the thing is, if you're at home, you do get used to just being on your street and going down oh, to yes. Tesco, Tesco or, or, or Sainsbury's or whatever and, and getting your, you know, uh, food and, and bottle of wine or something. And, and should it be the other way around? A bottle of wine and a bit of food. It, that's the way about my shopping went. It was the wine was front and centre. <laughs> I was just trying to seem professional. <laughs> hey, we're both sitting here drinking wine on this interview. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's about that time, isn't it? It is that time. So you're down with us at the club on the 10th of July, Saturday, 10th of July, and all the details are on the website, 606club.co.uk. And uh, you can catch Brandon on all the social media and uh, catch him on Instagram and Twitter's great places to follow you. And then when do you leave our shores for this uh, mammoth tour with Kyle? Um, Leave on Saturday. Oh, really? So as soon as that? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I have to go and have my antigen test tomorrow. Oh, good luck uh, with that one. And, and yeah, so it's got to be within 48 hours on the six. I'm fully vaxxed, you see, fully vaxxed. Are you healthy? I don't, I don't, I don't, agree, I don't promote it or whatever, but you know, I. Hey, I, it's I, your I, stock and trade. I want a career. Exactly. It's your stock and trade. <laughs> Without those even jabs, you lasts, can't do it. Even, even if it only lasts for five years, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brand, it's been great catching up with you again. Hey, man. Lovely to see Fantastic you. Fantastic getting in touch with you. Thank you so much for your time this evening. It's been great chatting with you and good luck on the tour. My absolute pleasure. Thank Thanks, you, Brandon. Cheers.
always great value for money having Brandon on the show love the man to bits and uh, the track we just listened to there was another one from the album BATL and it was Theodore as it stands at the moment as I record the show Brandon is due to be with us at the club this coming Saturday but with his commitments to Kyle uh, keep an eye on the website 606club.co.uk for updates having mentioned Kyle as indeed we did on that second part of the interview as well let's go to the album that uh, Carl released just a couple of years ago and that they are currently now finally touring. Let's listen to the boys playing their take on the Pink Panther theme song. Straight Ahead with David Lewis. Mm-hmm. 
if you're interested in where the boys are playing, keep an eye on Kyle's social media pages on Facebook and on Instagram. Now, in the travel guide, The Lonely Planet, it describes Wellington in New Zealand as the coolest little capital in the world. And at the moment, its jazz scene is absolutely on fire. We played a couple of tracks a few weeks back from Lucian Johnson's album. And uh, I've been sent over some more wonderful tracks to play by Rob Adams. Rob, thanks so much for bringing my attention to these albums. And right now, we're going to be playing something from an album from Ben Wilcox, a pianist who's played with the likes of Bob Moses and Benny Maupin. And a great track on there that I love called Groovin' High.
vocalist that spent her youth between France and the West Indies is Celia Waugh, and she's just released a brand new EP called Heavenly Sweetness. It was released on the 2nd of July, and the uh, influences of her upbringing very much come through in her music. And flicking through the album, I found this track that I really love, Yo Me Nula.
Chaque nègre m'a on l'égué nous Libérer la vie en nous Assimilé sans nous Garder devant sans honte Parce nous connaître valait en nous Libérer la vie en nous Assimilé sans nous Réaliser combien de fois Cette nègre m'a on l'égué nous Libérer la vie en nous Assimilé sans nous Garder devant sans honte Parce nous connaître valait Thanks indeed for your company over the last couple of hours. And my thanks to Brandon Allen, always a welcome guest on the show. And thank you also for those of you that have subscribed to me over on Mixcloud. You'll notice I've become a select creator, which means that you help support the musicians and the show itself. It makes a big, big difference. Many thanks indeed for those of you that have helped me out over on Mixcloud. So on Friday night, tomorrow night, Gina Foster, who we played early on, is down at the club. She's best known perhaps for her work with Swing Out Sister. So I thought we should play out from a track from that band. And this is it, all in a heartbeat. I'll see you next week. <laughs>